0: All right, uh, join me as I uh, pray before, before we begin this morning. <clears throat> so Father, we, uh, we just come before you. I uh, just, I can't help but see that revival is here, that the thing that we've been praying for for years, Lord, it's here, it's here. You are changing lives. You are drawing people to you, Lord God. And your love is being poured out. Setting the captives free. So that we can walk in newness of life. Revival is here. God, we want to press in for more. We thank you for what you are doing in our midst. Thank you for your presence with us. Now God I ask that you would anoint my lips as I preach. That Father our hearts would be open, including my own, to hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So raise your hand if you have a smartphone. <laughs> kind of like this one. Okay? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Raise your hand if you have a smart watch. I knew you okay. Whoa, that's high tech. Raise your hand if you have smart shoes. Not just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <clears throat> I I actually I have a love hate relationship with this thing. Any raise your hand if you do too. <laughs> okay. Yes. I mean it's great, right? And I talk about technology a lot because I'm still in awe of it. I'm still in awe of what we can do with these things, right? Because I remember, I mean, one of the first cell phones I had was like the type of phone you would see on in on the battlefield at in Vietnam, you know, those big giant things. That was one of my first cell phones. Now it's like this thing. It's, it's so neat, you know? Now, one of the things that I like to use this for is the voice command, right? I just push a button here. Uh, I get, I won't do it now, but like I, I push a button and it, Activates the voice command. I tell it what to do and it does what I what I want I'll be like, you know, I want to call so-and-so and and it'll call that person or navigate to Tim Hortons And it'll it'll just pop up. It's it's amazing, right? It works sometimes (laughs) There is this time I got in the car and I'm driving and I just realized oh I had to tell my wife something and uh, it felt urgent to me at the time. Looking back now, I, I probably could have waited. I didn't have to dial right away. But I just felt like I had to get a hold of her right away. And so, like, I wanted to call her, even though it's illegal to do that, right? So I wanted to do something so that it wasn't illegal, you know, like, press voice command, put it on speakerphone. And, and so now it's, I'm not holding it. I just tell it what to do while I'm driving, right? And, and so I go, call home. And it goes... Calling Dad Mobile, and I'm like, no! no, 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 oh no, no, not, not, not that one. Uh, <clears throat> call home. Sorry, I don't understand what you're requesting. And it's like, no, no, you know, <laughs> while I'm driving. So one more time, here I am driving down the road, going, call home, <laughs> trying to get this thing to understand. Did it? Calling Dad Mobile. I'm like, no. It just, it didn't recognize my voice. It was so frustrating. Oh, man. How many of you have ever had that happen to you? Okay, yes. Siri for the iPhone. Siri knows nothing, man. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Anyways. Um. <laughs> So we're, kind of, we're on a series right now uh, talking about recognizing how to hear God's voice. Uh, it's kind of like uh, we're the cell phone and God's the voice, right? Um, and so we've been talking about this the last uh, few weeks. The first week of this series, we talked about the misconceptions of hearing God's voice. Um, and last week, or yeah, last week, we talked about uh, how to, sorry, not last week, the week before, we talked about how to posture ourselves in order uh, to be able to hear from God. And this morning I'm going to talk about how to recognize when God is speaking to us. Okay, so that's what I'm going to talk about. Now, part of the problem though, I will start with this, part of the problem with this idea of hearing God is the glorification of the word hearing. When we use the word hearing in relation to God, we think it's this hugely mystical experience. One that seldom happens and that happens to only a few select people. Right? Another phrase that's cloaked in that mysticism is the still small voice. Oh, I heard God in a still small voice. When we hear that, when we hear that phrase, we, again, we think that it's this mystical inner dialogue that happens and there's absolutely no way of mistaking that it's from God and um, it happens only a few times and only to a few people. Right? But... Uh, I just want to say this morning, I want to demystify it for us this morning. Uh, Because God's communication with us isn't always this mystical experience. It isn't always God speaking through a donkey. Could you imagine? You know? A group of Christians going to Waterloo Park, looking at the donkey, waiting for the donkey to talk. I mean, oh my goodness, that would be just horrible, right? God doesn't do that all the time. Of course he can do that, right? But uh, that's, he doesn't speak like that all the time. And so I want to, and he doesn't always speak to us um, like audibly out of the heavens. Like, this is my will for you. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. God doesn't always speak like that. He can, he can. Uh, But that's not always how it happens. God speaks to us primarily through our thoughts. Here is an example that happened to me recently, okay? So we're in our 40 days of uh, Lent uh, and 40 days of prayer and fasting, and it was a time that we just gave out a challenge to the church to pray for our corporate prayer requests um, as well as our personal prayer requests during the 40 days. Um, and so I, was, I had some requests, uh, personal prayer requests that I had. And one of them, I had this thought come to me um, not too long ago to pray for this uh, one person. Uh, this person was a friend of mine in the past. Uh, long story short, we kind of parted ways, but um, suddenly the Lord just, I just sensed an impression to pray for this young man, okay? Now, I haven't seen this person for years, Uh, probably, well, Eden is turning nine, maybe seven or eight years I haven't seen this person, and uh, suddenly I I just felt led to pray for him. Now, a couple weeks ago, um, it was the Waterloo Region Worship. How many of you remember that? How many of you were able to go to that? By the way, yeah, um, that that day. Suddenly, my uh, mother-in-law said, "Hey, why don't you drop off the kids at our house? You and Ali just go on a date night." We're like, "Yeah, right." Well, we love our kids. I'm just saying. You know, it was it was great. <clears throat> It was great to have a date night. So uh, it happened to be the Waterloo Region Worship Night. And we thought, hey, let's go. Let's, let's check that out. And so we went. And that was at Forward Church in Cambridge. And when we got there, I mean, it was packed. Totally packed. And I, I just thought, whoa, there's nowhere to sit down here. And so I, I look up like this. And there's a balcony. And it was also getting pretty full. So I thought, oh, that's where we got to go. So we went up to the balcony. And even the balcony was pretty pretty packed. Uh, we had to sit in one of the back pews in the balcony. And so we get to the balcony, you know, and it was great. It's such a powerful experience uh, to worship alongside our brothers and sisters from different denominations and uh, just all the different churches uh, and their worship leaders on on the platform just leading us in worship. It was just a powerful experience. Um, uh, Anyway, so maybe 30 minutes into the worship service, um, we're just worshiping, and I just look over like this, and right there—I mean, the pew right in front of me, right to the side there—is the guy that I've been praying for, and I'm like, and he's worshiping God. That made me do this too. I'm like, what? What? And, and it just something struck me inside. This is why I called you to pray for him. And I thought, whoa wow, this is crazy. Of all the places I could have sat this night, I mean, 1,500 people, all the places I could have sat, right there, boom, there's the guy I'm praying for. Haven't seen him in eight years. Wow. And so then I told a friend of mine about this experience. I told them about, you know, hey, I've been praying for this guy and there he is. And he's like, you know, I think God told you to pray for that reason, for that very reason. And I thought, wow. And I kind of had to replay How did this all come about? It came through a thought, a simple thought, a thought to pray, and that thought was from God, a thought from God. It was very cool. Now, I wish it were that easy all the time, right? But it's it's not that easy all the time. Uh, not all my thoughts, not all of our thoughts are from God. Some of those thoughts are my own. Some of those thoughts are Allie. <laughs> some, <laughs> I shouldn't spend that. Okay. Ooh. <clears throat> she's really, no, she's very helpful in that area. Anyway, some of, our, some of my thoughts uh, are not from God. They're not my own. They're from Satan. They're from the enemy. And so what we need is voice recognition, Or really thought recognition. Because we need to understand when it is God speaking and when it isn't. Because those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we are his sheep. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We can hear God. Problem is there's other other thoughts in there. To give an illustration, uh, discerning God's voice in our thought life is like panning for gold. Okay, it's kind of like this, right? The stream of thoughts is like the stream of water. And within that stream, there's pebbles, there's stones, and there's gold. And so we'll, we'll, we'll collect those pebbles and we'll, we'll sift through and then find the nugget of gold. And, and, and that's what it's like uh, to discern God's voice in our lives. And it's not easy. Even the apostle Peter had issues with this. Peter had this problem. In Matthew chapter 16, we have this uh, picture of Peter, Jesus talking to Peter, and Jesus asks Peter, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, you are the Christ, son of the living God, right? You are the Christ, son of the living God. This is how Jesus answers him. He says, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In other words, that thought that came to you, Peter, is not your own thought that I am the Christ, the son of the living God. That's not from you. That's from God. For it is from my father who is in heaven. Now it's interesting. In the very same chapter, just a few verses later, Jesus is talking about um, what he is about to go through. Right? He's going to suffer uh, the crucifixion, perhaps the most, I mean, devastating form of execution. And and, and Peter goes. Peter says to Jesus, uh, "This is this shall not happen to you." You know, no way, Jesus. That can't happen. This shall not happen to you. Now, I mean, that's a pretty good thing to say if you ask me. I mean, if, if Jesus asked me that or said that, I, I think that's a pretty good thing to say, don't you? Jesus, no, that, that, that's, cre- that's the world's worst form of execution possible. You're saying you're going to go through that? No. And you know what Jesus says to Peter? This is, boom, mind-blowing. This is what Jesus says. Get behind me, Satan. What? Get behind me, Satan! You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Wow! In the same chapter, just a few verses down, Peter has a thought that comes to him that's actually not of God, it's from Satan. Peter misunderstood. What was going on in his mind? That will happen to us as well. So what we need then is to have a sifting strategy to be able to discern what thought is from God because that is primarily how God speaks to his people through our thoughts. So here are four ways to filter a thought to see if it's from God. Okay? So number one, does this thought does my thought agree with the bible you see there are many things in life that change over time the way we communicate has changed phones are portable pay phones are going to become obsolete right everyone's got something in their pocket you can dial wherever i could call while driving well i shouldn't be doing that but anyway i could just it's portable right the way we communicate is changing the way we travel has changed over the years. I mean, even Jesus in his day. I mean, I'm sure he could have, you know, spiritually did a transportation of some sort from Jerusalem to Galilee. But, I mean, the thing is, even in Jesus' day, he couldn't have traveled as fast from Jerusalem to Galilee the way we could today. I mean, things change, right? Technology changes things. Things change. The way we read books has changed. Is changing, Right? I don't have to do this anymore. I could do this now. This is how we read books now. Things are changing, right? But there are some things that don't change. Truth doesn't change. Truth does not change. It's unchanging. Many years ago, people thought the sun revolved around the earth. Now we know that actually the earth revolves around the sun. That didn't change the truth. Our perspective may have changed, But the truth is, the earth always revolved around the sun. And just like that, God's word, it it doesn't change. Its truth is for today. Now, Luke chapter 21, verse 33. This is what it says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. If a thought comes and it contradicts what is written in scripture, it is not from God. So come tax time, we're about to do our taxes and we think a thought comes to our mind, oh, I don't need to claim that or I don't need to pay my taxes. You know, I could skirt around that. That is not a thought from God, right? That's not a thought from God. Because the Bible tells us to pay our taxes. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. So a thought from God must agree with what is written in Scripture. And I've said this before, and I just I can't stress the importance of that. That's a very important filter that we need to have. If a thought agrees with the Bible, very likely it is from God. Number two, here's a second filter. Does my thought make me more like Christ? Does my thought make me or draw me to become more like Christ? God wants to make you like Christ, especially in your thought life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says this, We take every thought captive, or we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What would Jesus do? Those bracelets might be cheesy, but they're pretty good. You know, it's a pretty good thing to remember. What would Jesus do? Is this thought something Jesus would say? Is this action that I'm about to do, is this some action that Jesus would do? Here's another one. Is this thought in my mind about that particular person a thought that Jesus would have for that person? James chapter 3, verse 14 to 17 says this, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentle open to reason full of mercy and good fruits impartial and sincere so which type of thought is it that's in your mind when you think about a certain person or people or situation what kind of thoughts are in there right is it the first list of thoughts or is it the second is it earthly is it demonic or is it pure Peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits and sincere. Wage your thoughts up against that, those things. So second filter, does my thought make me more like Christ? Number three, is the thought convicting or condemning? Now I've talked about this before. This is a... Um, A difference that we really need to get right. There is a big difference between conviction and condemnation. Okay? Conviction comes from God to bring correction. Condemnation comes from Satan to bring criticism. Let me say that again. Conviction comes from God to bring correction. Condemnation comes from Satan to bring criticism. We have to remember Romans chapter 8. For now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God doesn't attack your value, you have value to God. Psalm 139 God created your innermost being, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. Every time I hear that verse, every time I hear it, I think of like uh, someone trying to put together a model, like a model airplane. I know there's some of us here who, who do this. You would know what I'm talking about, right? You're putting, putting together a very intricate model of like a plane or a ship or something, and, and those little pieces, those little itty-bitty pieces have to go in just right. You need a magnifying glass sometimes. And then when you have to paint it, my goodness, right? How delicate do you have to work in order to get it just right even fearfully right that's how god created each and every one of you you were fearfully and wonderfully made he took great care every single one of us you have value to god anything that comes against that truth is from satan it's condemnation. It's criticism. It's beating ourselves over the head. Anything that says, I am not valuable. I am not worthy. I am just a piece of... Whatever word you want to put there. Okay? That's not from God. It's from Satan. Revelation 12 verse 10 says this. Satan is the accuser of believers satan brings accusations and criticisms that break us down making us insecure giving us low self-esteem providing a false belief about our value right we have infinite value to god every one of us now of course that doesn't mean we can do just whatever we want to do right when we live our lives in a way that is contrary to god's plan god will bring conviction but conviction God brings it in order to set us free from that which puts us in bondage. God brings conviction in order to set us free from that which puts us into bondage. Sin is bondage. When we come to recognize those patterns of sin in our lives and repent of those things, God sets us free. Condemnation is it keeps us in our bondage so the filter is this does this thought lead me to freedom or does it keep me in bondage because God's voice leads us to green pastures and still waters he leads us to freedom he leads us to peacefulness Satan beats us over the head and keeps us in bondage God says, there's a better way. Satan says, there is no way. So filter number three, is it convicting or is it condemning? Finally, filter number four, do I sense God's peace about my thought? Now, by nature, we can be compulsive people. That's why at the grocery store, when you go to the checkout line, they have stuff there. It's a perfect plan to sell a chocolate bar that's worth way more than it's supposed to be worth. I could buy a package of, you know, five of them over there for two something. And then I come to the checkout line. Oh, $1. twenty-nine? Sure. You know, it's just, what? it's, we're creatures of compulsive decision making. Right? They get us. Oh, I could use that hand sanitizer once. I'll buy it for $4 instead of a big one for $4. We can be compulsive. But when it comes to big things in life, life life-changing things, compulsive decisions aren't the best. In fact, they can be destructive if we make compulsive decisions. If a thought in my mind about a certain situation or decision is bringing me anxiety and confusion leading to a compulsive decision, it isn't from God. It isn't from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says this, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Now I want for us to try to remember this next statement. God draws us compassionately. Satan draws us compulsively. God draws us compassionately. Satan draws us compulsively. If a thought of mine brings confusion, hesitation, anxiety, Take a moment. Take the thought to God. Share it with others in the body of Christ. Make sure that somehow it is in line with the other filters. If it's not, it's not from God. If you sense a growing confusion and it's just growingly unsettling, increasingly unsettling, it's probably not a thought from God. So the fourth filter do I sense God's peace? So actually, let's, let's do a recap of the four filters. Number one, does it agree with the Bible? God's word doesn't change. When God speaks, it is in agreement with his spoken word, already written word. Number two, does it make me more like Christ? Does the thought that comes draw me to become more like Christ? Number three, is it a convicting thought that leads me to freedom? Or is it a condemning thought that puts me back down into bondage? And number four, does this thought bring me God's peace? Often you will notice that thoughts, they seem to come out of nowhere. I, I, I mean, I can't control what thoughts come in my mind, right? Suddenly just, well, where'd that come from? Everyone know what I'm talking about, right? A wise man once said to me, you can prevent a bird from landing on your head. No, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you can prevent it from building a nest on your head. That's a very wise thing to say, right? We can't control the thoughts that come in our mind, but we can uh, determine which thoughts will influence our lives. Is it God's or is it the enemy's? And I really want to uh, encourage you with that gold panning illustration. I really think that's a good picture of what it's like when we discern to hear God's voice, right? With, with the stream of water and the different rocks that come and those are the different thoughts that come in our, in our minds, right? And as we sift through, there's nuggets of God's voice in every one of our minds, every single one of us who are called according to God's purposes, who are God's sheep. We can hear God. So now may the God of heaven and earth, the God who came down to walk among us, speak to us, commune with us, and live with us, May the God who continues to reside with us and in us through his spirit, may he speak in such a way that, would, that we would be able to discern his guidance, discern his daily wisdom, and his communion with you. May God show you the depths of his love for you and may you be stunned by how much he loves you And wants to show you that love each and every day. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you are a good God. You are an awesome God, worthy of all our praise. All the songs that we sang this morning. God, you are all and all, you are everything. We give our all to you. God, we thank you that you are a God that longs to commune with each and every one of us. That you long to have a conversational relationship with us. God, I pray that as a church, we would be able to walk in communion with you, to talk with you, walk with you, go all places with our God and Savior, to hear from you, to receive from you so that we can draw others to come and walk with you. We love you, God. We love your presence. We thank you. Revival is here. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Have a wonderful week. And hopefully we'll see you tonight at uh, the ordination service.